Well, we got a boatload of comics to talk about. Yeah. You, you short us on one week and you double load us on the next. It's a, it's a hefty task we've got going on here today, but I think we can handle it. Four plus two. Six. Welcome to the X-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm the mathematician. Also known as Justin. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on making up random things and then uh, you'll have to keep on saying after the after the intro and also, known, and as also known as Justin. I love it. So today we have six comics to talk about. We've got our X-Men Unlimited Infinity comic. Mm-hmm. We've got the Infinity comic Life of Wolverine. Oh yeah. X-Men Legends number 12, Sabretooth number two, 10 Lives of Wolverine number four, and X-Deaths of Wolverine number four. You know, I was feeling a bit of the Wolverine withdrawals last week, but Marvel has the fix. You know, they took us away so we'd be fiending for it the following week. I don't know that I'm really feeling withdrawals, but I am happy to have both of these issues because they are insane. Yeah. And amazing. Uh, Insane is definitely a word for it. And we'll get into that. But first. But first, news. There's not that much news. Oh, no, no. It was really just a bunch of covers. The Dr. Stasis cover that fueled a further conversation for our Patreon afterthoughts. Oh, yeah, Dr. Stasis. The fact that that cover is on a hero background, people are concerned. People are confused. People are wondering. People have questions why Mr. Sinister is considered a hero. Yeah, we'll see. We'll (laughs) see. We'll see. Who do you think Dr. Stasis is? A handful of people were just like, what do you mean? He's Dr. Stasis. That's all we know. That's all all we need to know. Stop making something out of it. There's nothing there. That's what we do, though. That's what brings me joy. And then we had X-Men and Immortal X-Men tease us with some upcoming Hellfire Gala information. Mm. Those covers that dropped on Wednesday, there was the full team lineup from X-Men on the cover of X-Men. And then Emma Frost in her... Silky bed. Yeah. (laughs) With her arm transforming into diamond form oh yeah just a little mid trans the other way around yeah that was really i mean we did get we got some questions for this week from some some of our friends out on instagram instagrams most of them relative to the issues one more just for you oh mando mutato is asking alicia is there any classic x story or x character you want to read more about oh man there are so many uh, but always Storm. I want to come back to that. Storm, Storm. I want Storm's backstory. Her backstory, like as a young person, as like becoming queen, uh, like yeah, goddess. Yeah, I want to know about her her early days. And I also want to read the whole thing or learn about the whole time when she was like depowered and, and that issue where she fights Cyclops to be leader of the X-Men, her deal with the Morlocks. <laughs> just the Claremont Run Storm. Just Storm, yeah. Yeah, maybe that'll be a future run of Claremont Run episodes. <laughs> all the Storm all the time because that's just, yeah, all those all those 20 years that she was doing stuff. <laughs> and Dazzler. I want to know about Dazzler. We all want to know about Dazzler. <laughs> we want to know what she's been up to. Is it time? Yes. For the issues? For the issues. We've got issues. You've got listening ears. That was a great joke. Take that back. Take that back. Take that back. <laughs> We've got issues piling up. So we're starting with X-Men Unlimited. X-Men Unlimited number, I don't know. Who numbers these 25? things? 25? 25. It's our final one of this story. 
Oh, man. I assume, because Maddie's true motive, the captured mutant, the rest of the team, all revealed in this scrolling length of awesome. Yeah, the rest of... Uh, whatever. I got I got qualms. Qualms? With this issue. Maddie is here to get Logan. Traps on traps on traps. That's all she wants. Yeah, that's all she wants, and he gives it to her so easily. Yeah, I don't know he if he... doesn't even put up a fight. He's well, just like, okay, what do you need? You want to just throw that... That spirit me? All right, that's cool. Well, she throws it at him in the front, and it teleports to his back. Oh, I didn't get that. Right, so she's got this big, long scroller of the javelin thrown at him. He's in defense position, but then all of a sudden... It comes from behind. Comes from behind and stabs him through the chest. He doesn't even argue with her, like, about it. He's just like, okay, take what you need. Yeah, I guess. What do you need? And then she takes it and he doesn't even try to put up a fight to be like, don't leave here with my DNA. Right. Well, I <laughs> guess. No, that's that's fair. He could have, what, swung his claws at her? I guess. Done something? I tried to convince her to join the other team. Like, Yeah, she seemed pretty dead set in her ways, but he did make zero effort on it. <laughs> I did love how she made that, made that dagger appear out of nowhere on the other side, though. Yeah, that was cool. That is cool. I didn't realize that's quite what happened, but now I understand. And that scroller of it flying through was through the air was a cool image too. We get the reveal. Husk. She was the captured mutant from the peak. You called that last week. Yeah, we all did. We were like, hey, that's gotta be Guthrie fam. Smells like a Guthrie. <laughs> she punches Logan through the building. Is that what, what the thing yeah, is? Yeah, I guess. She- like she must have transformed into something that had enough power to punch him she's like cracking her knuckles and then we just see him flying through the building like uh starting to take this personal everybody just wants to throw you at things wolverine and then there's another guy skin what is this team i don't know but where were they all hiding at the beginning of the mission compartments on top of compartments in the x-jet skin coming down with the extendy hand grabbing logan on his fall so now everyone has what they want. They have Husk and AIM has Logan's DNA. And I don't know if it's intentional, but Warlock says there's no stasis technology. And I don't know if that's just like stasis as in the regular word stasis hmm. or a reference to the doctor himself. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. But that word report stuck out. No life signs reading. Report. No life signs reading on island remains. All signs of stasis technology negative. Adjusting course for Krakoa. <laughs> Stop it. Silly little warlock voice. Writer and artist Declan Shalvey. Letters by Joe Sabino. We end with Maddie as our known enemy working for AIM. It's kind of a Good ending without an ending, right? So this segment of the story is done, but now it's just fueling what could be another story. Mm-hmm. AIM has Logan's genetic material for God knows what, and Maddie is operating as a free agent for them, holding a grudge against Logan and Wade for something they themselves didn't even do. Yikes. Is this what brings them together in the upcoming Wolverine issues? Maybe. Him trying to figure it out? I don't know. That'd be interesting. That could be interesting, yeah. On to the life the Life and Times. Oh, the Wolverine timeline story. How, where are you on this one? I am fine. <laughs> I mean, it was, it felt more back to the bibliography type of 
you know, storyline. And we did get to see, I mean, we've known since the beginning that Gene is the one sort of going through this with him. But right. we got to see Gene. As the narrator. As the narrator, yes. And, you know, a classic Charles Xavier moment where he's like, you will remember being in X-Men and that's all that matters. You didn't know about this moment, I don't no, think. No, I didn't. And I think it's rude as heck. Yeah, this is a, a long retcon reveal from the Wolverine Origins series that I've been reading that Wolverine joined the X-Men on a deep mission to kill Xavier from Romulus. Xavier caught him and retrained that weapon that is Wolverine to work for him, to work for his dream, his mission. And like, you think you're a good guy, Charles, but you're not. Because you just, you just use Logan the same way everyone else did, and you just wiped his mind the same way everyone else does. Yep. I think there's a couple of instances this week where Charles is not looking pretty good. Oh, Charles, <laughs> you're the worst. And we end with Mariko Yashida. Yeah, but TBD. All we know is this love is what's going to make Logan really a hero. It's a sad story, though. Spoiler alert. Written by Jim Zub. Art by Roman Box. Color art by Javatar Tagula. Letters by Joe Sabino. He's Joe Sabino. And now, physical books. On to our physical books. And and a slight caveat. Oh, oh. We're talking X-Men Legends. We have never talked about X-Men Legends before. Primarily because I'm not trying to overload Alicia with things to read and stories that don't connect to what we're talking about. This story, it was fine. It did not connect to a whole lot. No, but it was Nightcrawler and Kitty Pride. So between the two of us, how we had to have read it. We're not going to go all too in depth because I just didn't do the notes for it. I didn't (laughs) want to, wasn't feeling like it. I read it once and I was like, that was fine. That was fine. Okay, so X-Men Legends number 12, the prelude to Excalibur. We've got um, an action-packed cover over here with Kitty Pride, Nightcrawler, a Banff, and a giant Destiny head. Yeah, Alan Davis giving us a taste for his classic looks of this team. Only a taste, though. That's all you'll get. Just a taste. Someone commented, it's a crime that Alan Davis is not on interiors for this book. And I have to kind of agree. So Alan Davis... And Claremont were the ones that started off with Excalibur, started so that you run. Would think that, yeah, especially going to tease us with this cover. What was Alan too busy to revisit some of his favorite characters? Maybe you don't know. It could have been. Maybe. I or guess. maybe there was just some shade, and maybe they they booked someone else to do the art, and then they were like, "Oh snap, let's get him to do the cover." <laughs> page turn noise. To our title page. Immediate title page. Do you know the Harriers? Nope. How could you not with their two previous appearances and ridiculously descriptive names? Hard case? Like, is that his power? He's a hard case? Or his ability? That, that's just... He's the Horatio Kane of the group. Yes. Yes. Where are his sunglasses of justice? I don't know. So these guys appeared in one issue of Wolverine and one issue of Uncanny X-Men. Back in the day. Well, they're very important in this issue. Oh, yeah. They are the, the team. They're the, the hired hand for Forge. Give us those give us those credits. Written by Chris Claremont. Pencils by Scott Eaton. Inks by Lorenzo Ruggiero. Colors by Rachel Rosenberg. Letters by Joe Caravagna. BC's Joe Caravagna. All right. I got to say, I do appreciate that the art in this book definitely feels like 
a throwback to the way the art used to be. For sure. It doesn't yeah. look like current art. It looks like old school art. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a, a combination of the colors working with the lines. I think it's definitely the, the colors feeling more of that that time past. Honestly, on this first page, this part is what makes the whole thing unbelievable is that we have dialogue explaining that the characters have no idea how they got there instead of giving us a reason as to how they got here. It's like, oh, what? Destiny found us and transported from here with our costumes? How could she do that? I just, I don't know. I just, it's like, funny what's going on? I have no, I, I know a little bit about what happens before and a little bit about what happens after, but that didn't strike me as odd at all. I was like, oh, yeah, they wouldn't know how they got there. And maybe they did have their costumes. I don't know why Kitty is wearing a nightgown and bunny slippers, <laughs> but that's fine, you know? Because she's, she's recuperating on Murile. She's just in recovery mode. I think the other thing about the art that makes it feel or reminiscent of the older comics is the yellow boxes. Oh, yeah. And the fact that we actually have editor's notes mm-hmm. in those boxes, narration, captions in those boxes and we have thought bubbles which have not been a thing in comics for a while mm, we actually yeah. get some interior thoughts from it's nightcrawler inner monologue. yeah in his native german as mark mm. reminds us yes this story occurs in the direct aftermath of uncanny x-men 227 and prior to the events of excalibur special edition number one so this was i looked back at it in 227 kitty is seen watching as the X-Men go into, essentially go into death. We've yes. talked about it yes. in our lead up to Inferno, where they sacrificed themselves and then became dead and then reborn from Roma. So the world thinks they're dead, but they're yes, not actually they're dead. They're not actually dead. And really what follows, what's the whole issue is this skirmish between our two X-Men and the Harriers who are hired to protect Forge from Mystique. And for some reason, they, they see the X-Men and they're like, we don't know you guys. We don't like you guys. But we kind of understand who you are based on your descriptors and your powers. Yeah, but what I don't understand is if they're hired to protect Forge and they know they're protecting Forge from Mystique, but they know that these two are X-Men, why do they think they're a threat? Because they're not thinking about it too hard. You mm-hmm. know, they just, they see mutants, they get mutants. You get Poor this... Kitty and Kurt. They're really having a rough time. You get this male version of Boom Boom, Time Bomb, with the exact same power as Boom Boom. <laughs> and how dare they attack my Lockheed. Right. How dare they. And just this... I love it. ...interaction of Kitty and Lockheed's scream coming through together. I love the way that they're intertwined. I don't know if that's a regular... I've never seen that before. thing, but the fact that they have this additional connection is really cool and i really like it and a lot of this inner monologue that kurt's going through is just dealing with the fact that kitty's natural form right now is phased so she actually has to focus on being tangible being mm-hmm. real on and this he's planet. having trouble with his teleportation so both of them are not in great sorts and honestly i would question just the amount of trouble that he's having versus the amount of teleportation that we see Because in Excalibur Special Edition, and even in the start of Excalibur, he is specifically like KO'd from just using his teleportation abilities. Well, it seems like in throughout this issue, he he basically exhausts all his ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he's verbally aware, but not physically in harm. Justin is not having this issue, y'all. No, he's, he's not. not having it. I was excited. I'm trying to find some some positive light here. I'm telling him like it is. I was excited about this. I don't know. I don't know if it scratched the itch I was looking for. It just feels so like, and I guess this has been a little bit of my issue with the legends in general is that they feel very inconsequential. But this even doesn't even really connect to a dangling plot thread, right? Mm-hmm. There was nothing dangling about this. This is just. Oh, yeah, Mystique tried to kill Forge another time that you didn't know about in between the times that you did. I can understand where you're coming from. I think the appeal is just for people who really like the era and the time and just getting another opportunity to see the characters. For sure. And and honestly, these characters all felt faithful to that time, that iteration. It was a nice dose of nostalgia. It's just the story didn't have any substance in my mind. Mm. Well, here's my question. How is it that when Forge comes to the rescue, quote fingers, Forge comes to the rescue, how does Nightcrawler know that it's really Mystique? Because he's a smart guy. Does he have Wolverine smelling powers? No. Because he's just like, nah, I know you're not Forge. Yeah, he just recognizes the scent of his mother not confirmed as his mother. Well, she hints to it in here. Right. Every I'll time, tell you that another time. Every time they're seen on panel until it's actually revealed in, I think, X-Men Unlimited number four. It's always like, oh, she knows entirely too much about his backstory. Why are they both blue? That's kind of cool, though. Yeah. At least that that held true. And we end with a little nod and tease to dreams that Kitty's having about Rachel. Rachel. And the future to come. Which would then lead right into the first issue of Excalibur. Yeah. What'd you think? I mean, I thought it was fun to get to see these characters in another light and to see Kitty and Nightcrawler's relationship. Yeah. Um, I like their, their relationship and their bond. and Especially at that time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. The way they interact. And I, I haven't had an opportunity to read a lot of that. So I enjoyed it. You know, as someone who really doesn't know much about what happens in that era, for me, it was a good little nugget. But I can understand why you're saying, like, nothing really happened. The The, the story didn't further yeah. in any way. Yeah, I guess I guess for me, grumpy old man who's read yeah. all, I was raised on the Claremont. I don't know what this <laughs> does for me. It's just like a hit of dopamine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. I don't have any questions. You have no questions. He's done. He's mo- we're, we're moving on. I don't know. What do you think about the Harriers? What- <laughs> I think they're interesting. They're they're mutants. I don't know. Or they're not mutants. They're a government agency. It seems like they're kind of a, a rogue group that you can hire whenever you need a rogue group to shoot some stuff. Okay. Well, that's cool. Anyway, on to Sabretooth. Sabretooth number two. Highly anticipated issue two just because of how awesome issue one was. Look at all that spit coming out of his mouth as he's bending these prison bars. This is this is probably my favorite of the four covers this week. So intense. All three of these issues that we have now say parental advisory text on them. <laughs> these are not your kids' comics anymore. These comics are not for your kids. These are the murder books. All right, shall we? Yes. Sabretooth, number two, page turn noise. It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Frederick Douglass. Interesting to get a Frederick Douglass quote. 
Yeah, at the beginning of a comic, not not your regular. Right, because generally the the quotes are someone characters, inside, yeah. right? Fictional people. Frederick right. Douglass is in fact a real man. Right. Was this issue intended to come out during Black History Month? Originally, maybe. Probably. That would make more sense. Why it would be a Frederick Sabretooth was quote. delayed, and I mean, you know, Victor Laval, the writer, is a black man. He's commenting on the prison system through this as a as a book. You even have Third Eye, a black man character, which I believe is is his first appearances, who sees through the lies of the world that's constructed. Ah, well, cool. All right, we're digging into it. Judge and jury, these two guys, I don't know, helmet bros going over the line. I don't understand that, like, this whole, these five people being sent into the pit seems a little much it's suspect for sure it, it's like what are they up to i love the psychic numbers over their heads letting you know which rule they broke in case you forgot oh that's what that is yeah the one two and three so number one make more mutants third eye has broken that law how right number two murder no man necra and oya we find out murdered humans seemingly together and number three respect the sacred land madison jeffries and melter Guilty of this crime. Yeah. And when we find out about Melters. how one of... Yeah. Like, okay, so I had an accident with my powers and now I'm ending up in prison right. for it. Which, I, I mean, we'll get to where I'm landing on it later on, but I don't know. I, I don't, I'm landing on nonsense. I don't think we know the full story, personally. Because even Doug is like, um, wait, what? <laughs> you guys are just going to go and do whatever you want on your own and just double down on this prison nonsense i also would like to point out that in the artwork they make it a point to show you the empty chairs of the council and right. that these are the only two making these decisions right which how is that allowed how can the two of them just decide to send somebody to the pit they're in charge they've always thought themselves in charge inferno shifted that but this is before inferno and who's psychic who's who's um Psychic restraints are these. Who's doing this? Charles? Uh, yeah, maybe Charles. he doesn't have this power. Yeah, he doesn't. It's their mental holds. I you got know? flaws in the system it's in all this just, book. It's all just projections from his telepathy. I'm with Doug. What the heck is going on here? <laughs> I've felt just as sure of my, my choices in the past. I wasn't always right. You mean like right now, Charles? You mean like, so we should put you in the pit, Charles? Probs. Shall we put you there now? Or? Yeah. I love Magneto's suggestion. You know, I wanted to just put you in a volcano because bad guy's going to bad guy. <laughs> they don't know what's going on down there. And you get that from their double down on the fact that you'll be in stasis. You'll be unharmed. Yeah. They don't know what's been happening in the pit. They don't really seem to care either. Only the idea is right. Well, what's interesting, too, about the pit in general is that they are... They are in stasis, but somehow through the network of Krakoa, their minds can be connected. Right. Which is interesting. Yeah. All in itself. Well, we got a title page here. Misery Loves Company. Know Your Enemy. Written by Victor Laval. Art by Leonard Kirk. Color art by Rain Barreto. Letters by Corey Petit. VCs Corey Petit. You said Petit. And I know, I, you even switched. I, I am upset because I had to say Corey Petit and I didn't want to. Onto the Wasteland. Thrown into it, running for our lives. I do like how they all reason about some of the depths Xavier would and wouldn't go to. 
Like, he doesn't know that this is all happening, right? Like, he's not that evil, right, right, guys? Right, You drop into the pit. You're being attacked by Sabretooth in this fiery dungeon. And right. you're going to have a conversation about Xavier during that. Yeah. <laughs> Some really cool exploration of Sabretooth's hellscape. Mm-hmm. But Third Eye is like, nope. I see through all this nonsense, and I'm not having any of it. The Council <laughs> of Victors. Yes, I love them. I love that young Victor still just has food all over his face right. or blood, whatever it is. I think it's like cherry pie or something. <laughs> a little recycling in ecology lesson uh, as Madison Jeffries demonstrates his power. There, You're getting demonstrations of everyone's powers. I did love that little little tidbit of information about how we all basically have plastic in us. And yeah. Like, I can use my powers on you because you've got plastic inside you. Right, because you have some inorganic material in the mental representation of your physical body. Wah, wah, plot hole. But also, that's similar to how Magneto can like control and like make himself fly. And Too much like iron that. in your blood. Too much iron in your blood. Who is this guy, Black Columbo? I prefer Easy Rollins. Obviously, I had to look these up. I know who Columbo is, homicide detective from the show Columbo. Okay, I didn't know that. Thank right. you for your that information. Easy Rollins is a fictional African-American private investigator who was played by Denzel Washington Amazing. in Devil in a Blue Dress. Cool. So Third Eye is like, no, I don't need your lame reach of a name. I got my own guy. I got, I got my, my own. own hero. And then we see the reality of the situation. Yeah, where they're all held in this stasis honestly it's kind of creepy oh yeah it's the, super like creepy. is this how krakoa is feeding maybe i believe this in our like first instances of seeing krakoa this is how they would feed on mutant energies yeah be like connected the, to them in the giant um, size giant size book or deadly genesis yep so that's interesting and it's like is is there they're reasoning that Charles and Magneto were like, well, we need to put some people in the pit because Krakoa needs... Well, yes and no, because they have addressed and potentially solved that issue where instead of draining, I think, two mutants a year, Krakoa now just takes a small amount of energy from everyone right? so that he doesn't have to feed on yeah. the fullness of people. Well, maybe that's just what they're telling you. Yeah, this yeah. This is what's really happening. It's all a racket. But Third Eye... Reaching out through fear and finding Mole, deepest cut from the original X-Factor run. Yeah, this whole, I don't know 100% how I felt about this issue as a whole in comparison to the first issue. Oh, yeah, no comparison, really. I mean, I could definitely tell that Mole was a deep cut and I didn't he even was, know him. <laughs> he was visually in the first issue okay. and he also did make an appearance in X-Men Legends Number 11, bringing his total issue appearance count up to six, including this. So the three of his first appearance that they're referencing here and the three most recent. But anyway, his he's being disturbed. His slumber is being disturbed. Right. Now, it's like I said, deep cut from the original X Factor run issues 51 to 53, not on Marvel Unlimited. Oh, but I own the original (laughs) issues and I pulled them out, obviously. Obviously. Now, the reason why is because when I read this data page, uh, it didn't sit right with me. Oh. Because it's wrong. Oh. Opal was with Iceman, not Angel. Never Angel. So the oh. way that he's describing. Like he's talking about wanting to get this girl from. Yeah. 
So Opal Tanaka was with Bobby Drake at that time, and that they're the ones that met at the shop where Mole was hiding out in the basement. And even we see Archangel throughout that story. He's the one that's fighting with Sabretooth on the roof. Oh, my goodness. But that is just its own thing. That has nothing to do with Opal and the relationship. Bobby and Opal going on a date, and that's what Mole's really getting upset about. Wow, that's crazy. And, and it even doubles down on it in an art What a image. random thing to sit with you wrong for you to remember, but cool that you did. Well, because, <laughs> yeah, right. No, absolutely. That is a very obscure, like, wait a minute. That's not the right boyfriend. Because I've read these issues. I bought these issues, these three issues, because of the fact that Marvel Unlimited didn't have them. And I wanted them for my reread of the claremont run and all the spinoffs a couple mm-hmm. of years ago so that's why i have these you see that panel where Sabretooth reaches out to to mole sneakily you actually mm. have that originally in oh this it's at the top of the page and then even on that page you see opal next to iceman as they walk away wow yikes marvel you know it's probably because it's not on marvel unlimited they couldn't fact check themselves they they didn't have those physical books yeah why don't they have a copy of every... Well, I guess the writers are not necessarily in the off-X desk. In the office, it's not. They all work in remote. That's true. But I don't know. I was I was very like, yay me. No, that's a good find. Yay you indeed. But anyway, this, this data page is actually really kind of sad to me. Because he's just basically over the next few pages... He, he's like, okay, I got this data page. I'm going to go get a fresh start on Krakoa. And then we continue on with the story. And everyone's of like... his sad life. No, no, Mole. I'm busy. No, yeah. sorry. I'm busy. Cause that, so what I just showed you from X Factor 53, that was the last time we had seen Mole up until like a month or two ago. And what are Mole's powers? He has the ability to essentially burrow through things so you can make matter disappear so you can get on the other side and then replicate it back there. So that's why he's saying that he he saw, he felt the fear from Sabretooth and he just started burrowing into the ground and, and solidifying it behind him. Oh, interesting. And that's how he evaded him a couple times earlier. Interesting. Nobody can help him. No. I mean, when you look at these characters that he goes to, okay, Apocalypse, not surprised. I'm too busy setting up Ten of Swords. But Storm and Wolverine, to both brush him off, that feels kind of sad to me. Right. Storm, likely concerned with the same upcoming event and conversation that Apocalypse is talking about. Mm-hmm. Wolverine, guy who wants to guest in every book ever. He's like, I'm help. busy. I got to go to another book. And but then, I made an appearance in this one. Ha yeah. <laughs> ha! But then Archangel again doubles down Iceman. on the reference. Archangel was fighting Sabretooth. Iceman was on a date with Opal. Now he's going to handle it himself. And then, flip the script. We're in the Krakoa State Penitentiary. Right. So we go back to this, probably the first representation that Sabretooth had created for himself mm-hmm. when Doug first visited him in issue one. Right. When they're in, the, when Doug's the lawyer. Right. And so now they seem to have created this representation of Xavier. And then Magneto as their wardens. I love that was someone's basically like, um, excuse me, Xavier didn't do this alone. We need right, to we need right. to fabricate a Magneto. Right. Why? Because evil guy nobody's it's not as much of a shock when the bad guy does something bad, is it? But here's where we find out about Melter, his story. Is this really the only reason he's in the pit? He burned a rock? Yeah, like what the heck is that? That just feels so suspicious to me. Right. 
that can't be right. There has to be either more to his story or an ulterior motive on Xavier Charles. Magneto's. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that might be it. Like, what are you doing? They're trying to they're trying to rehabilitate Sabretooth by giving him a band of angry people. Like if if he can if he can lead a team of these guys, he can lead a team of anyone. Oh, so if he can destroy the pit, just mentally, it's not real destruction. I don't know. It seems like they're trying to destroy and get out of this prison system that's not supposed to exist on Krakoa. Right. And so if they can show the council the error in their ways as a team together, they bond. through. I don't know. I'm reaching. I'm trying. You're trying. I do like this team. It's a, a very varied power set. I, it's interesting to consider like why these five, because I think all of their crimes are going to be baloney. Yeah. Maybe Necra, and I don't know how she roped Oya into it, so we'll find out. We don't know anything about Madison Jeffrey's crime, Respect the Sacred Land. Overall thoughts, what, what, where are you at? I, I, I felt kind of let down by this issue. I'd agree with that. After the last issue. Yeah. I mean, I do think the art is beautiful, and I like getting to know other characters that I haven't yet heard of so I appreciate that and I do think the idea of the way that their minds are all interconnected in the pit and they can sort of change up their environment and and work together like fuse together in some kind of network is interesting and appealing but I just the last issue was so epic and so amazing and then this issue just feels a little lackluster to me and it's also just frustrating that I can't find a val like a valid reason why these characters are in the pit. Right. You know? Which is why I feel like it's got to be something else. It's got to be something beyond. It just feels like the pit is something that should be saved for extremes. and Top tier crimes. The way that it's used in like this and in the Infinity comic and, you know, how we're going to, we're going to throw Toad in the pit, too. And, like, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like for... it's One of the characters points out, says, I thought there were supposed to be no prisons on Krakoa. And it seems like they're very... Prison heavy? Yeah, just... I can't think of the word that I want, but they're just willy-nilly with throwing someone into the pit, it seems. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. I like this as a follow-up. It wasn't anywhere near the hype of interest that I felt in the first issue, but it built out the supporting cast. Yes. Right? So our first one was... you do need that. You do need it. And especially if you're going to introduce five characters to the story at the end of the first issue, like we, we need to see what brings them together, mm-hmm. what binds them together as a group, a little bit more of the, wait, what's the, what's the real story here? Like, why did Xavier and Magneto send them into this pit like this? Yeah, and all five of them at the same time. Right. I think that's the interesting thing. There is a, I believe it's the Reign of X promo teaser where Storm, I believe, was holding the Mysterium and you see all these little images. You see a silhouette of these five characters. Oh. And people were wondering, like, who are they? Are they the X-Men? Are they new members of something but I, I remember distinctly it's necra's hair piece that makes it stick out as oh. those were the five silhouetted characters that's interesting because i do believe Sabretooth was supposed to come out a little bit beforehand like it definitely got pushed back i believe a month in the last month or two hmm. i mean i am definitely interested in where this idea can go and what they can do 
within their minds, you know, and, and how that goes to the next level. So I'm intrigued and I, I want to keep reading that this issue by no means made me want to stop being involved in the Sabretooth story. I think I just. You brought me up so high. Yeah. And then you let me sit. a little roller coastery for me. Yeah. Warlion Comics wants to know how did Third Eye break the first law of Krakoa? Yeah. How? Well, they actually shared something in their story about this. Right. And was asking if it had to do with them having a human child. Yeah. Someone responded to, because they had had a story poll about how this even happens. I don't think that that's the answer. No, but that is an interesting concept. Right. Because I almost went, so the the law is make more mutants. Mm -hmm. So to break it, you'd have to unmake mutants or prevent mutants from being made. Right. So when I think of like, okay, you made a human. I don't think that that violates the first law. And especially it's unintentional. Right. If you intentionally make a human that can kill mutants. Okay. Then yeah, we need to talk. Right. Yeah. It, It just feels as though he and his powers are still wholly undefined of like what he's able to do. But he could have seen the potential and prevented some mutants from coming into existence. Yeah, maybe. Because I just I'm just trying to think of what the inverse of make more mutants would be, or yeah. what the what the violation of that would be. Yeah, no, totally. I don't know, but I do know in the progression of that story conversation with War Lion, someone responded to him saying that Charles would wouldn't care if it was out of their control or not because he's just basically a, a giant <laughs> jerk. And War Lion was like, Alicia, you got you got a new friend, and I was like, Yeah, Team Hate Charles. Yay. <laughs> uh, Arkra Cohen. What's it? Prison Riot. Ooh. Are Xavier and Magneto overboard with power? Or is this another plan that we don't see? Are they are they working something in the background or is are they just losing it? No, I think they're working something in the background. They have some sort of ulterior motive. I think they always do. But I do think the point that you brought up about this being commentary on the prison system in America is really interesting. Right. And how, like what I said about, well, there's two things, right? There's what I said about it being some kind of way to feed Krakoa. And then what you said about it being some kind of way to um, rehabilitate rehabilitate Sabretooth. The whole issue with the corruption of our prison system is that it's basically free labor, right? It's like, it's just slavery, essentially. So they're doing the same thing here. They're using these people for something. And so I think there's going to be some kind of reveal as to what it is they're using them for. Which kind of leads, and and I, I guess I previewed my where i was going my thoughts earlier on but (laughs) is this the new team that we didn't know we needed is Sabretooth becoming the leader they've wanted him to be i don't know i mean maybe because he is like rallying around this team so maybe they're trying to show him he's definitely gone through a lot of growth in the last issue and a half or so but i just don't think a person like Sabretooth who is so angry always i just don't think you're going to put him in this situation and then let them out after and be like, but Sabretooth, you you learned how you to be learned. a team player. Like, okay, you jerks. Like, this is not how, like, okay, well, me and my team are just going to kill you all now. Everybody. Like, I just don't understand how <laughs> that comes across as a good idea in the fact any way. That, the fact that he knows word for word what Xavier said to him. Yeah, he's been when thinking he about sent, that. 
Sabretooth is dwelling on that. Yeah. He's just sharpening his claws mentally. He's like, oh, oh, yeah, eternity. I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to destroy you, Charles Xavier. Yeah. Which I'd love to see. I'm here for it. Let's go, Sabretooth. Yeah, I'm not sure where it's going, but Team I'm interested. Sabretooth. I like it. Yeah, Sabretooth <laughs> rocked this week. Yeah. A couple ways. Mm-hmm. He was also a hero in the next issue that we're going to talk about. Uh-huh. So, foreshadowing perhaps? Anything else on this issue? Do you have a, one of the five that you're interested in most that you're curious about? No. no. I don't not, I mean, I guess Third Eye being the one who could leave, essentially, leave the pit and come back in is kind of interesting to me. But I feel like I need more time to get to know each of the characters a little bit more before I can make that decision. That's cool. Just curious. Okay. Here we go. We're On to the in. 10 lives. Lives and deaths. Starting with 10 lives of Wolverine with this creepy clown feeling Omega Wolverine yikes. Yeah, I honestly, I regret having it be the lead image of our social post on Wednesday because it has since haunted my dreams and it just, it just looks terrifying. It just looks crazy. It's just like a creepy smile and I hate it, but also I love it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love it narratively. I love where it's going. All right, here we go. Oh, man, I don't know if I'm ready for these two, these next two issues. Yep. <sighs> Deep breath. Page turn noise. <laughs> Into the Weapon X facility, Dr. How, Cornelius. How excited. How excited were you when you opened up this book and this was the first thing. Boom, Weapon X, everything you've been waiting for. I called it. I knew it. I love it. I'm happy to see it. It did not go anywhere that I thought it was going to go. Oh. I'll tell you that. No, that is for sure the truth. I love this opening shot of Logan being seen in the glasses. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. What I also think is kind of interesting is this. Oh, we should ask about this. This image looks so similar to how Beast looks now. In like these little glasses and this looming, like it just gives me the vibes, the same vibes I get when Beast is experimenting. And I just wonder if there's any kind of connection or that's just something that I'm drawing for like these this evil scientist monster experimenting on this mutant to create a weapon mm-hmm. and then what Beast has become currently in the comics. Yeah, maybe. It's like a visual similarity for me with the two of them. He had to learn it somewhere. Mm-hmm. It really is a creepy start to this character, Dr. Cornelius, who you don't know, but it sets up the general bad situation that Logan is in because of the facility's experiments. Mm-hmm. We see a, a contagion or parasite of sorts. <laughs> Not something I was expecting and took totally different direction. Yeah. This preview image, this this top one, of Logan in the Tube. I saw this on Monday and was just hyped because we were going to Weapon X. Yeah, so many tubes on tubes on tubes. And in this instance, it's almost as if Omega Red was following Wolverine to this point in time. Yes. Each trying to outsmart the other. Did you not read the title page blurb again? No. Well, when we get there, I will point out exactly what you just said. Great. <laughs> this is insane though, right? You've got you've got this time period where 
Logan's body is, Logan is, and then you see the image where you can kind of see the X, the Cerebro helmet coming over, but then wait, because Omega, Omega Red is here too. Like we're jumping together. Just the, the story of those images together yeah. is really exciting. You know, even if you take the text away and you just have those clues of this symbol over Wolverine's face means that Cerebro's he's here. now in the body and then the Omega symbol. Immediately following. Yikes. Electric. Crazy. Crazy that he's now he's just like, and now I'm just going to kill you. Right. If you didn't exist, then I don't have any problems. Right. Nobody can come and get me. And then we get to our title page, Living Dangerously. And here we go. Here's a sentence. But Omega Red has adapted to these defenses, targeting Wolverine and his loved ones along with Xavier's, leaving anyone vulnerable to possession, even Wolverine himself. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Which I think we've definitely seen through the Japan story yes. and then through the Team X story. But this was like, it was the, the placement in time of Wolverine arriving first and then Omega being like, oh yeah, I'm here too. Yeah, like simultaneously almost jumping in. Right. Written by Benjamin Percy, art by Joshua Cassara with Federico Vicentini, color art by Frank Martin, Corey Pettit on letters and production. Corey, go for it. Jeez, Corey Petit, getting it. Corey. Corey. Um, can we talk about these little life bubbles? Cause oh, of course, always. We obsess. Wah, wah, wee, wah. They are exciting. So 10 includes all five of our known players. Nine, we still only have the visual. We still only have Logan in the Middle, Middle East. East. Eight, Weapon X, called it. Called it. Dr. Yes, Abraham Cornelius. Seven, with the red infected Wolverine. I, I, I love, love that. the visual that's touch. Such yeah. a good touch. Life six, the birth of X. I think that story is concluded. The birth of X. We haven't revisited it at all. I don't, I, just the amount of, we have, I think, three time places that we haven't been to. Haven't yet. been to at all. And it feels like a lot of the ones that were in this got wrapped up. Yes. So I'm just trying to like, what can I expect? We have one issue left. Yeah, next week. Crazy. Japan story concluded, I believe, Life 5. World War II Pacific, the first sight on it and indication of where it takes place. That's in this issue. But no actual images. Right. Well, they don't, they do that. When it's in this issue. Yeah, when they're going to reveal it later on. And then World War I France, still only this one visual. American West, same, still only the one visual. Both of these, I believe, were on covers. Mm-hmm. And then our Life One Canada, I believe the story is concluded. Yes. It's just I interesting so to think well. that, right, we have those three places in time that we haven't visited at all. One issue to wrap it up. Some of the others are seemingly wrapped up here and there. After what happened in this issue, I can't even begin to speculate. Like, I'm going to need our Patreon episode to just palate cleanse myself and then come back to this think it all out like today is just about geeking out about this issue because holy bananas yeah captain kenji oyama the father of who will become lady deathstrike oh interesting to have this story in the same issue as weapon x so he would later go on to develop the process for adamantium bonding Mm. so much of these stories seem to be ready to change everything but then afterward, they really just reinforce what already happened and connect it to otherwise introduced retcons or story details. And, and also interesting that Xavier's father is fighting in this war. Yeah. 
So he's tied in again. He's in two stories. Oh, yeah. Two stories. Brian. And somehow there's this Canadian fighter pilot that's just coming out of nowhere. Where'd this guy come from? I don't know if you could tell the difference, but these pages are by Federico. Yes. Yes, I can. Data page. Data page. This conversation is ridiculous. Yes. So this one started to lose me in the list of examples. Yeah, we get it. There's a lot of potentiality that could have added up to like that Like if I sneeze, outcome. the timeline could change right now. Right. Interesting to acknowledge the potential impact that their actions are having, but also have like a, a way out of it. A psionic blast to the area. Men in black, their brains, and we're done. <laughs> Just stare into the light. Jean Grey's got it. We're good. Just men in black, their brains. A dream covering all their tracks. Yeah, and I think that's... It's interesting because mentally, I guess, that saves the situation, but I still feel like it's questionable about how the ripple effects could still happen. Right. You think about the guy that died in the bear fight. Did he die or he was maimed in the bear fight? Right. And the the stuff that happened in the birth of X, like... Right. The the parents the and, and parents and the gardener and, and the, the housekeeper, the midwife. The yeah. midwife falling off a balcony. Right. You know, she just, she, either she's not dead or she just, they're just like, we don't remember how she died. Yeah, right. We just wake <laughs> up. I mean, it brings me to a question that I'll, I'll pose later on, but mm. first, Team X. Team X. Sabretooth saving the day. I love Sabretooth in this. He's just so mad that Wolverine is going to defect. Right. <laughs> and, and he sees the visual differences of Omega Red, which is something we've wondered at various times what are other people seeing mm-hmm. like he does not recognize wolverine well i wonder too if he if it's his his scent or something about him that because wolverine and sabretooth have those different like enhanced senses where they can get a sense for each other and they're constantly threaded together throughout time so mm-hmm. he's like hold up something about you isn't right so you're I not wonder, my boyfriend like i wonder if anyone else can actually see those differences or if it's just because of sabretooth and enhanced senses and his ability to know a person and to know Wolverine so well if that's why he notices the difference yeah we don't know but it is our first call out that someone else is seeing it so I think that's mm-hmm. cool to note that, this page that full page my goodness uh, gravy yeah. Joshua I Kassara I love the full pages it's so good there's so much emotion and action and angst yeah, and, and just Omega Red trying to appeal to Sabretooth in, in his future state of, hey, this guy's going to be a problem for everyone. Join me. Yeah, and just like the desperation that you can see in the physicality of the image of Logan, the way his hands are pleading, like, pleading. Yeah, and just his his like thrusting forward of himself like, I'm trying to help you. Like you can just see that depicted so well in the art. Back at the Weapon X facility, not even Omega Red was expecting this twist. I don't even, I was reading this and I literally was like, what is going on right now? Yep. What is happening? Is this even allowed? What's going on? Oh, we just got a little venom in our Wolverine. You got venom in my Wolverine. You got Wolverine in my venom. I mean, you know I love venom and I love nothing more than this image of Venom Wolverine. Yeah, again, it's the full pages. Each of these are like an epic poster. Do you have a favorite from the series that we've seen? 
I don't know, this Venom one might be. <laughs> yeah, it's just in my face. I can't say not. I, I love it so much. I mean, I love Venom and I love the way that, I don't know, I just feel like this image encapsulates what is so creepy and amazing about Venom, but still keeps the silhouette of Wolverine. Mm. And yeah, even the pointy ear, yeah, pointy just, hair. It's so great. It's so great. <laughs> and it is it is beyond Venom. Let me talk about that in a little bit. It is just general symbiotes beyond Venom himself. Oh, interesting. Right, so the Venom symbiote being a specific entity that creates Venom with Eddie Brock and with other hosts, but this being relative to a larger symbiote being that we saw and we'll see reference later on. But Omega Red's not ready no. for this. He so was he's not expecting bouncing. That. He's like, you know what? I got to go. What is happening to you? <laughs> World War II. Cool visual dogfight. And a little explanation as to how Wolverine got here. Uh, even the explicit reasoning for his actions against Omega Red's plans is just, you know, I'm going to do it. If I don't do it, Xavier's dad's going to die. And then we don't get Xavier. And then back to Team X. Back to Team X. Evac. Xavier is too curious to want his own life saved. But, like, who are they? They look so familiar. I know. And how does he look familiar? Because in this point in time, he wouldn't have met Logan yet. Right. So that don't make no sense. Unless his parents took a picture of him and it was by his bedside growing up. Right. Unless instantly born Charles Xavier is so special that he has memories of the man who saved him. Yeah. It's in his psychic subconscious. Poo, poo on that theory. So I got a question. Okay. If Xavier gets on this helicopter and flies beyond one mile before Jean sets off her psionic blast, does he not forget? Right. So we're talking about Mm. the, the psionic blast that she does, the fact that they're retreating to a helicopter long before the final action takes place in this time. I just want some time messing up. Yeah, you really do. But I think they're trying really hard to say it's not going to happen. And these are the reasons why we've made it not happen. And I think that is a valid loophole that you are bringing up. But I don't think I I don't think it's going to go where you want it to go. I'm just putting it out there. I think. Good. Yes. Put it out there. Ask the questions. Push the envelope, babe. But I just don't think it's going to give you what you want. Nah, rats. Wolverine doesn't know how this has happened. Neither do we, bub, but I did appreciate the editor note to check out Vnam mm-hmm. and see a point where the symbiote had got attached to Logan. So this web of venom Vnam was part of Donny Cates sewing the mythology of the symbiotes deeper beyond just venom coming here, setting up what would then become Null and King in Black and even the absolute carnage, I believe, you know, just all of the stories that would then later follow. This is him with these other stories that symbiotes, the beings from Clintar, they've been here for a long time. Mm. And they have even been weaponized by the American government in to try to introduce into uh, something that they could use in the field. That's cool. I didn't know that. Cool slash also messed up. Well, I mean, not the, yeah, yeah. Not, cool the, <laughs> not what the American government was doing. The fact that there are so many different symbiote stories yes. is cool. Yes. Let me clarify. Donny Cates was running stuff with the symbiotes for a very long time. What I do really love about this issue is the way that every page is jumping through time and we're not getting to spend a ton of time 
page by page in one life. We're bouncing around, which is really helping to build the intensity of the story and say all of these things are coming together and it's it's starting to feel like it's spiraling out of control, Yeah, which the formatting of the issue is really helping with. Yeah, I feel like that started to really pick up last issue mm-hmm. too, where it's just thrill ride of action adventure throughout time at all these different points as you know those big stories. I think Team X is probably the story that's been threaded throughout the most issues. Yes. And now we see that epic conclusion. Even I just love it. these couple of pages where the we get all the stories on, on yeah. singular pages. Yeah. yeah. It's like in this page, the top two panels, World War II. Next two panels, Weapon X. Bottom two panels, I mean, sorry, second two panels, Team X. Bottom two panels, Weapon X. Like we're just, we're moving through it. Intense. And all of them are intense and all of them are action-packed. All the negative memories from Logan's lives, things that he can't change and will potentially forget all of what's happening. The evil of what he's done and how strong it is in his history. He wants to have a more positive effect on the world, but that's not the mission he's on. Just the art. The art is so good. I'm living for this issue. And we get the merging page from Kasara. Everything that was intended to happen still happens. Kenji fails to eliminate this ship. He, it still brings shame and dishonor, so he still goes on to lead to creating Lady Deathstrike. The symbiote failure gave way to adamantium testing. We can't use symbiotes on humans anymore. They, they don't cooperate. Sabretooth stops Logan, killing him and eating his heart. I love it. I love it. Sabretooth, you are vicious and disgusting, and it's amazing. Yeah. He's like, well, you know what, Penny, you're going to come with me? I'm going to kill you, I'm going to eat your heart, and I'm going to take you back here. Yeah. Reset you. This seems like a different outcome. Not the same death, but not the same after result either Mm -hmm. wonder if this will have a long-term effect just these images of saber tooth dragging wolverine through the grass oh god and then it's happening right the ending i was not prepared for yeah but you know great twist at the end really exciting brings you into the last issue expecting something more i mean i think the thing for me that was so good about this last sequence is that you find out that Sabretooth kills Wolverine while this while the current Logan is inside that body mixed in with um, Omega, Omega Red. So yeah. like we were having that conversation of like who's in control and what has happened to Logan in this situation. Like where did his consciousness go? And then we still don't know. But you have this anticipation moment where you see the dead body being dragged and then Jean can't get logan to interact with her she can't feel him she doesn't know what's up so then as a reader you're like oh my god did we just officially lose logan is that what happened and then boom it's omega red boom indeed and he's just gonna go ahead and stab charles xavier coming through wolverine into your hearts mikhail on the other side with his cubes and this though still don't understand it yeah no Still, still doesn't make any still sense looking to for me. a little bit more explanation, but hey, you know we got the sword. It's doing sword things. I've been playing with Quentin Quire's brain. But here's my question: Why, why kill Charles Xavier right now? Like, why kill present Charles Xavier just to throw them off their course and interrupt their planning so that you can go back and kill past Charles Xavier? Because 
killing this Charles Xavier does not complete your task, essentially. Yeah, but if you've thwarted every other time, you know, we acknowledged that Omega Red taking over Wolverine in Team X was probably the most desperate of his attacks, mm-hmm. right? And so that didn't work. What's the next level? Right. Right. So we just go to the source. If I take you out, then you can't be sending Wolverine on these missions. All I got to do is one more now. Right. Yeah. The past. But then, but then this sent this sentence from Mikhail. I'm so glad that we finally connected, Charles. Like, is there a way now? Because Omega Red has stabbed into Charles, so he is now essentially inside the Cerebro helmet that Logan is wearing and inside Cerebro through the Cerebro sword. So now he's like enhanced Mikhail's connection to Cerebro. Potentially, I would say it's more, it's less of the claws being stabbed in and it's more of the mind link that Xavier and Wolverine were sharing mm-hmm. and, and using that oh, yeah, through. Yeah. That's what I meant. I just meant gotcha. like now that he's there in that moment, in that body, in that head. Yeah. Where would all these wires come from on Omega Red? Yeah. Well, those weren't there before. This is part of my, my Cerebro Sword system. The past ain't dead. The past is death. A.K.A. Technogan. Yeah, that Krakoan, homecoming. Oh, gosh, what does it mean? Big picture. Oh, this issue. This issue was a roller coaster in itself, and then we're going to have another one right after it. Yeah, a lot of unexpected add-ins, but also a lot of tidying up the after effects. Mm-hmm. Some some very deliberate attempts to How do you lessen. feel about that? Are you upset with this just sort of like blanket? No. We know that we've created a bunch of basically variant timeline situation so we're just going to throw in this one data page that just sort of I would covers be, our butts on that i would be more upset if there was no indication of it being cleaned up mm-hmm. yes like no acknowledgement right of it. yes it is very it's like the bare minimum of <laughs> yeah we're just gonna men in black we're just gonna do yeah you see you know like gene you're tommy lee jones I'm Will Smith. No. <laughs> I don't know who's who's Will Smith Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, it was it was very very small an explanation, mm-hmm. but it's fine. It's fine. You know, we're talking about concepts that are not real. And so if you want to throw a not real thing on top of it that answers my questions about your your fake things, then <laughs> then I, fine. I, okay. I, I have to accept it. I have no data that can question you any further, I guess. I I don't know the science of it all. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Wolverine time frame from this issue? From this issue? You going to be mad if I say the Venom one again? No, because that's Weapon X. I mean. Yeah, Weapon X, because it was the most unexpected. Mm-hmm. Like that throwing Venom in there was so not even a little bit on my radar that it really, it really was a doozy for me. Yeah, and no, exciting that it was a completely different path and a completely different trajectory, and also how it confused Omega Red. <laughs> I really wait, what? enjoyed that. Like, wait, what's happening? Okay, I gotta get out of here. This is not for me. No, I think Team X is still up there. Your favorite? Yeah, I really liked just seeing the Weapon X facility and just seeing all of that. I thought Kasara did a great job. Frank Martin did a great job at really capturing that mm-hmm. time frame in Wolverine's history. 
but the Team X stuff and just the end results with Sabretooth and that fight with Omega Red, that was just, mwah. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. It's really hard for me to decide on a favorite because they're all so good. Did Xavier get away in Colombia during Team X? Is my theory, is my poking hole theory true? I mean, those are two questions. One, Xavier got away. Two, you're, you're not poking holes in anything. But if he got a mile away... Justin. If he got in the helicopter and they flew a mile away, then Jean Grey couldn't couldn't psionic bomb his brain. I'm Professor Charles Xavier. I got the smartest brain in the world. You can't bomb my brain, Jean. I think you're grasping. Omega Red. What is it? Wait, what is it that you say to me? I think that's a reach. I think you're reaching for something that's not quite there, that you want to be there that's not going to be there. You know, like, like you're doing with my insult, but you're not quite capturing it. I think you need to limber up before you reach like that. Oh, my goodness. You're so rude. What's your next question? What do you got to say? Omega Red. Okay. Is he now, like, is that where we follow the story? Is he now Wolverine in Krakoa in Life 10? Yo, I don't know. I hope not. No. That's it. That's all I got. That's it for the lives. It's time for the deaths. Oh, God. Technogan coming through that Krakoan gate. Look much, at him. Much simpler in, in cover. You know, hopeful. Even after the last issue introduced Technogan as somewhat of a hero, it's definitely not hopeful in this issue. It's not hopeful at all, but the illusion is there. Oh my God, this issue. Yeah. I don't know if I'm... Okay, I gotta take another deep breath. You ready? Yeah. Okay. X-Deaths of Wolverine number four. Page, turn, noise. Future Forge in the Armory, which I think is kind of an interesting thing to point out. Yes. Using Krakoan tech to travel to the next level. Look at Forge. He's such a he's such an old, old, old man. Yeah. This is much later. Yes. This says the near future, but... I think that's in relation to where they're going to go later in the mm-hmm. far future. Yes. But Wolverine has just been holding on to this pod in his eye socket for centuries. It's crazy to me. Forge plucking out his eyeball and putting the little pod in his place. I like this conversation. Do you want me to do it or do you want to do it? Eh, you know. So I assume we're still on Krakoa. Yeah, it seems that- like this is Krakoa right before the Sentinels and Nimrod come for them. Right. This is right before everyone dies, basically. Essentially, yeah. And the resurrection protocols are probably offline because of this attack or soon after. It's interesting to think of like, how this happened and how to stop it from ever happening. It's right. A, it's this loaded task. Like, is it Moira or a mega sentinel or a combination of the two? When does one timeline start impacting another at this point in the near future? And even in the far future, these are spinoffs from life 10 B. This is all time where Omega has come back and influenced Orcus. I have questions. I think that this is the culmination of both of those things. I think that this is Life 10B and this is what's happening now that Moira has teamed up with Epiphany and now that Moira has become a robot, now that they've discovered her secret plot and she's been exiled and all of the things that happened in the first few issues of this book and in Inferno, all of that aftermath has led to this moment and Forge is saying... You're going to have to go back and you're going to have to do something to stop this at some point. Right. And so him going back to stop it, does that then create another splinter? 
I'm sure it does. Or I, at least it better. Yeah, it has to. I'm, I'm looking for those splinters. <laughs> Justin wants the splinters, y'all. Oh, these sentinels. Oh, that Nimrod in the sky. It's a beautiful page. Yeah. It's a title page. Deaths of Future Past. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Federico Vicentini. Color art by Dijo Lima. Letters and design by Corey Petit. The triple header. V. C's. Corey Petit. Corey. I'm upset with you for making me say it Corey like that. Corey is over here doing all sorts of work. Straightforward on our cast, but the gang is all here. Even Dokken. Even Dokken's listed this time. Gang's all here. Woo. So he is called Omega Wolverine. They've officially given him a title. Yeah. I knew that. But we were upset because we thought that our Technogan design got taken down because... Uh, they were gonna call yeah you straight up said they're definitely gonna call him technogan <laughs> don't even backtrack if you're that's, a patreon listener please pack me up that's one of those things i say to just wind you up no it's not everybody i need you on my side for this one year 1000 after the reveal to logan that it was moira all along dun, 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 dun. Jeez, Louise. it looks like so let's just let's just think about this Moira is infecting this version of Logan with the phalanx. That's what it certainly looks like. Right? So you even see in his eye as it starts to happen. And then on the next so page. that's like what she blasted him with the last It issue. had to have been. Right. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to get that timing down oh, because actually, it's. You can kind of see in this, in this shot of his chest close up, there's like blackness starting to spread through him. Right. So yeah, that's what she she blasted him with the phalanx. Because even right on the next page, he's already got a phalanxed claw. Yes, it's happening quick. As she poeticizes how this is everyone else's fault but her own. Yeah, Moira, get out of here! This is clearly one hundred percent your fault. You're the worst. Yeah, it's just, this this whole like stabbing into his eye, grabbing the thing. I'm just gonna plant a pod. I'm just gonna just do a little horticulture. Which is interesting, right? Because he, oh my goodness. Wait, no, it doesn't make any sense. So future, this is like, we'll call this future future, okay? This is the future of the future. And what we saw with Forge and Logan is the future, right? So in the future, Forge gives him this little egg Mm -hmm. that then is supposed to work like the gates, okay? So, But with time. Right. But so he gets cocooned into this egg. So then essentially this egg is not the same egg that is under Krakoa. That's another egg that Forge planted. So then Logan's basically traveling through the egg like a gate. Hmm. And if that's the case, if Forge isn't a, planting it until the future and Logan's using it in the future future, how did it exist in the past past? Right. Because you're talking about the fact that there needs to be two seeds, two gates to be able to do a Krakoan teleportation. Right. And so if you only have this one pod, what is it traveling through to get to the past? Is it just reincorporating into Krakoa Is it somehow? Like, like it's teleporting him essentially. But my question is more about how when Forge and the council are talking about the egg that Omega Wolverine slash Technokin came out of in the previous issues, they're saying that it's like a thousand years older, older yep. than Krakoa. So if Forge doesn't come up with this seed idea until the future, how does the egg that is older than Krakoa, how is that essentially, like if we consider the eggs to be gates, how did that gate get formed? 
It just it just flings it back in the pass. We don't we don't need another gate this time. Just throw them in the past. No, I need an answer. This is my hole poking. There you go. Poke. poke no, it's definitely poke. it is definitely a valid hole. <laughs> there is nothing receiving this pod full of techno wolverine. I mean, that's not to say that the pod that is on Krakoa that is thousand years old isn't where he's going. I just want to know how. That's well, definitely got there. where he's going. It's right. just it's but not. How did it get there? There's no answer for that. Well, there better be Ben Percy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I assume the lightning raining down is to do with the ascension, and Logan is able to get into the pod at the last minute. Yeah, so Moira just stabs him or shoots him with the phalanx, and then she just starts walking away because she's like, eh, well, it doesn't matter because the ascension's happening, so you're already phalanxed up, and I'm going to go, and she doesn't realize what's happening with this seed. Yeah. I even even thought the time travel at all doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and neither does the quick phalanxing, but... We have our explanations. We just don't love them right away. We don't love them right away. And then we've got a big old quote by Moira McTaggart. Little poem. Moira is dark. The future is death, suckers. All you've got is your last breath and whatever's in your hands. So breathe deep and put your phone down, nerds. (laughs) Moira X. Moira X. Oh, the Wolverine fam. Technogan and the Snicks. We're just doing a little father-child bonding to shake down terrorists. I love it. His past is a version of our future that we're going to make certain never exists. So they're actively trying to create a branch timeline because of not liking where the things go. I identify strongly with Gabby in this moment. Yeah. So that's Laura simple. says, it's simple. And then she explains it. And Gabby's like, that's simple? Yeah, it's no, simple. it's not. Makes sense. Gabby, I agree. It's not simple at all. It makes zero sense. But does this make what we're reading 10C or what Technogan experienced 10C? It's hard to say, but maybe I we'll get... I think you need like to a, let that go no, a little. No, I can't let it go. This is what we do. I know, but I just... I'll let it go until next week. I don't think it's a branch. I don't think it's a branch. It's got to be. If it's going in a different direction, the fact that... I mean, we'll get there when we get there, but what happens to Moira in this issue, I feel like is different from what happened to her previously in the world that technogan left yeah but they shake down arnab shakaladar laura's got the right questions so what happens when you're not okay Mm -hmm. like when you're not good with your healing there's a little foreshadowing into the future yikes laura what happens when your healing factor can't keep that phalanx crap in check kill me before you kill moira that line and knowing the ending made my brain go off yeah that's definitely terrifying and this whole next section literally breaks my heart. Gutted. It hits in a different way, especially seeing their reactions. Like yes. Laura's eye popping out of her cowl. Yeah. Yeah. Just the fact that Omega Wolverine had to live with witnessing the deaths of all of his children. And now he's going to bring it up and he's going to talk about it in front of each of them. Right. Oh, God. The change to this is Wolverine cements in his future she is still very much wolverine i love it yeah that moment that moment got me good this is my family do you see them she's tortured and experimented on for years as the homo novissima harvest her skin and organs oh god don't even get me started on skin not even the creepiest thing that happens in this issue (laughs) family well 
that worked. It worked on him because he tells him she's gone to Krakoa. And that's fine. I'm just going to stab your brain real quick. I do want to call out some of Arnab's dialogue. Moira has not joined with the technology that Arnab is working on. It seems like he's only still creating the robot vessel for her. Mm-hmm. And she's headed to Krakoa. And yeah, he does memory snicks. Interesting use of his power. Uh, we saw him essentially do this on technology, which makes sense to me. This one's a bit, a bit of a stretch that I'm able to locate the memory in your brain and snicked it out of there. Yeah. You said you weren't going to kill him. He'll live. His knowledge won't. Killed his brain. Which is, you know, helpful for them in, in what's about to happen because they might not have the knowledge that uh, Omega Wolverine has right. anymore. So... They destroy the lab, which makes me think what he's building for her is erased from his mind and destroyed in his lab. Right, which that essentially is going to already change the future. Right. We got a data page. Uh, audio recon. It's cool to read the text of this and to see how Sage's tech works. Mm-hmm. Moira tells Banshee everything and begs for his help, like right now. Yeah, and makes, you know, everyone else out to be the bad guy. Right. I just can we do it right now? Can we just talk about it? Can we just delay turning the page tonight at all? Right. Beep in now. Ugh. And then the most disgusting moment. I was screaming my head off when I saw this. Ugh. I almost so I posted an image of Banshee on Instagram and Twitter yesterday and I I literally wrote screaming my face off reading comics right now and I thought that that was too on the nose. It's horrific. This is disgusting. There's so much to question here beyond just her morals. Like this is a man who she had a relationship with for years, potentially lifetimes. I'm not sure. It may have just been in life 10 that they were connected, but she guts him and uses his skin as a suit. Like shudders, nightmares, a whole new level. How does that even work? So it's so walking dead. Yeah. Krakoa recognizes the mutant genes in his skinned head. Just seeing his eyes and the way she discards it all. Yeah, she just like she just like drops it on the ground and moves on. She does have the metal arm. She does have the metal arm. Oh gosh, this was like horror vibes. Horrific, horrific. And now destiny. Watching the full story in her mind, literally just like, hey. Give me back my wife so I can get hey, everything all um, settled. Zeke, I know you died earlier, but could you wake up? Cause Is this what she alluded to in last week's X-Men? Or at least some of it? The the things that will come? Like, I want Rogue to be by our side mm. for the troubles that are soon to come? Maybe. But I love that this moment, that what Destiny is seeing, like we're starting to get more of the fusion of the two books. Right. It's only just in like little sneaks here and there. And it seems primarily in deaths that we see a little bit of what's happening in lives. Yes, we never see deaths in lives, but we see lives in deaths. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no. Forge's gun. This. Why does this gun still exist? It's true. Who didn't get rid of this gun? Because they are... I'm going to... I mm, I need a, to do some talking to that person. It was a question on a lot of people's minds. How quickly could we return Moira's powers? But it seems to have been debunked right away where Forge removes that power from this gun. Oh, God. And then and, and now Moira has it. Yeah. And she is just going 
ham on the island. Charles shows up with a projection, more like protection. Like, I saw Banshee's head over in the grove. I'm not going anywhere near you, girl. Yeah. Trying to talk her off the ledge. You're not the only one in trouble, girl. I'll give you some drugs, you know, ease the pain. And I do have to agree with him in this conversation where she's so mad at him and he's like, it wasn't my choice. And it's so true. Like, she's so mad at Charles, but, and Magneto, and all of Krakoa, and all of Mutantdom, but like, this decision was mystique and destiny. Like, and Emma, yeah. And Emma, yeah. And also in light of the knowledge of what she was doing in the shadows. Right. Which is like, hey, are you not going to take responsibility for that at all? Yeah, you're not going to acknowledge that you were straight up trying to end mutantdom and do the opposite of what you claim to be doing. Yeah. Forge is in on the Moira of it all, though. Yeah. Like, how much does he know? Forge is in on everything. That's my, that's my theory. Forge I think knows so too. everything. He needs to, right? How do you prepare for the evils of the future if you don't know That's why what's going on right now? That little skunk works underground yeah. because he knows everything. How much did he know in the future version at the beginning? You know, like did he know all of this revealed? Yeah, he had to. Had to have. So many questions. He had to know. But she shoots Forge with the power gun. Oh my god! And then Forge loses his powers. I'm assuming he can be resurrected and that this will have no lasting impact. It's just. Interesting to point out. Well, it's just like now he has to die. What right. does he have to do? Right. Or go through the, what is it? The Elysium Fields? Yes, maybe. Oh, man. So she she takes down Forge and then she takes Forge's suit and now we're really in trouble. Yeah. Then she's scooping up destiny. The inferno that we were going to get. I'm going to burn this island and dance through it, the ashes. Yeah, you're getting it here. Again, Moira blames literally everyone else. Yes, Destiny and Mystique are to blame for you losing your powers, but really your actions were what led them there. Right. Technogen, is this why Destiny saw him as death? Did she see this? You know, in the last issue of Deaths, she saw him, his head, looming. Mm. Oh my God. Oh God. And then she shoots him. She shoots Logan, and the healing factor was keeping the phalanx at bay. So how is it otherwise merged with him? I don't know. It's just kind of a little little halfway merged into him. But he's not with the kids, and the kids are the ones that know if the phalanx takes over, then they have to kill him. And Where are the kids? Where are the kids? They're destroying the lab. Oh, God. I can't stop it. I, we, we are the phalanx. Yikes. But even the page before that, is Moira dead? She looks dead at the end, but the damage is already done. Yeah, but she makes a sound. And she's been stabbed with his claws. She had the bio suit on, so it's unclear if that protected her. I I feel like if we're not seeing her dead on page, then she's not dead. I mean, like this little image at the very bottom. She's got like blood coming out of her mouth. Yeah, her (sighs) eyes are closed. She looked like she's sleeping. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But you can even see, even in this image where... Logan is turning into the phalanx, like the way his arm spreads out and he starts, he's starting to actually look yeah. like the phalanx. Yeah, because it's, it's breaking down every bit of him into phalanx technology. Where's my boy, boy warlock? He going to come save the day or like uh, what's happening? We'll see. What's about to happen? And then it just ends yeah. and that's it. And then I cry because I can't wait a whole nother two weeks for the next issue of this. Right. What the heck? Which will be the end of this event. What the actual heck? That was the twist ending that we were not ready for. I'm super excited to see where it goes. 
Oh my goodness. The fact that there's two more issues I just feel and the fact that we saw the actual image of Charles getting stabbed in this issue makes me feel like the next two issues are going to be like a big hullabaloo of everything together. Hopefully we get like the full connection. Yeah. Big picture. What'd you think? Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Hands down. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so much unexpected. Just like, whoa. Yeah. I'm, I'm still shook from Moira's head games. I just feel like. Ugh. Moira is ridiculous. She's so evil, and I love it. Like, I love how evil they made her. Yeah. I love it. Krakoan says, time's up. Oh, my God. What's going to happen? Like, the f- like, you know, it's interesting because there's so much buildup of the fear of Orcus and the fear of all these other people. But since House and Powers, we really haven't had a lot of fear of the phalanx themselves. Right. And now the phalanx is the main threat. They're here. They're like, on the island. They're here. They're on the island. And phalanx technology is already infused within the island because of Warlock. Right. And that was revealed in Inferno, which Inferno is supposed to be having direct tie-ins to this, which we did. It did because of Moira. But what if there's more? We don't know. This is all absolutely mind-blowing. And I... I just can't wait to, to you love come it. back to Look it. Look at you. Yeah, I love it so Yay. much. Cool. I love it so much. We got questions. Okay, hit me. Baku Blade is saying what's on all of our minds. Is Moira just evil now or will there be any redeeming her? No, she's not redeemed. Even if they redeem her, she's not redeemed for me. I feel like there's no way to redeem her now. I just feel like they they took the seeds of her being evil in Inferno and then just took that up a couple of notches they went hard with it i don't know if she makes it out of this story or if she dies right there oh god yeah. or if somehow like i don't know she feels bigger than joining orcus you know she feels yeah. bigger than even working with the sentinels yeah i don't know i don't know how they I I, I I don't i don't see her coming back from this in a positive light no no she is definitely straight up evil there's no redeeming her yes thank you for krakoa but you messed bye up bye now bye we'll take it from here Mike loves Mariah Carey. Taking it a step further, is Moira wearing Banshee's face like Leatherface a tad in the fast lane aggressive? Yes. Yeah, that was... 100%. (laughs) That was not expected at all. Like 150%. It's aggressive. It's... And that's exactly what I'm saying. There's no coming back. She has reached peak evil yeah she's wearing that's someone's sadistic skin not just someone her former lover yeah like they she knew what she to- was doing when she got his attention when she was like she played into his love for her saying i'm alive you thought i was dead this whole time and i need you so i can wear your face yeah like i bet they met at o'donnell's irish pub i bet he didn't he would have just gotten her on krakoa yeah like she didn't need to do that but as she says, his life is dispensable and mine is not. Right. He can be resurrected. You know, Good I don't God. have enough time. Hopefully his resurrection, like his backup, Xavier is busy and his backup didn't happen in the near future, the recent past. And so Where he's he not going to remember this. Oh, God. I want him to. No. Ugh. That's horrific. Kid Wolf underscore one, a.k.a. PJ, is curious about the cancer thing. Do we think it was Eric or Charles's decision or a Krakoa going rogue thing her getting cancer in general yeah, the, the stage four cancer reveal i think it might have been a either a krakoa going rogue thing or 
something that they didn't intend to happen, but they bring it up. Like, I know you don't always read the title page moments, the little paragraphs, but they bring it up. They point it out in this issue that she, on top of all of this, has stage four cancer. And I just feel like, why input that into the story if its only effect is to, well, I mean, I guess its effect could be to increase her sense of urgency because she needs to solve her issues and have her 11th life before she dies from cancer. But I don't think giving her cancer was something that Charles and Magneto did intentionally as like a fail safe because I don't think they were ever anticipating that she would become evil like that. But you know who did know? Technogan. What if it's Technogan infecting her from the future in his pod the pod that's in the underbelly of Krakoa, potentially somehow adjacent to the no place. Maybe if there's to... some explanation about that kind of time travel situation, but <laughs> I'm still not sold on the time travel to then know, know that he's got other plans. No, I don't know. Good question. PJ comic extracts wonders what form will Moira's machine consciousness take? Perhaps we find out next issue. Oh, Oh, because did she? Well, that's that's the question. Like, did she finally? Did she upload her consciousness? Did she upload her consciousness? And does that upload survive whatever, whatever destruction happens? The snicks do. Yeah, because if it's uploaded, maybe it's uploaded to some kind of cloud or something. And just because they destroy the lab and everything in it doesn't mean that that data doesn't live somewhere. She becomes Nimrod the Greater, just a little floaty Nimrod. Ah. It's actually Moira the whole time. No. <laughs> no uh, those are all the questions that was, those are great questions thanks everybody for your questions yeah time's I love up. it I don't know if I said the Krakoan it's time's up time's up you did next week yeah what do we got next week 10 lives of Wolverine number 5 oh good golly solo I don't think I'm ready that's it that's the only book that's the only book <gasps> I don't think I'm ready for lives and deaths to be over I, I feel like it's the the weekly effect of it all yeah because it's so consistent and you just want to keep it going. But I mean, I am interested to see what happens in the Krakoan age as we move on to Destiny of X. Right. Just, you know? just Destiny's reactions to, as she's talking to Mystique coming back to life mm-hmm. about how everything feels so disruptive. It's all right. breaking apart and coming back together. together because there's so many variables at play. There's so many different things that we don't know, right, Charles and Jean? No. Oh, God. Uh, that that could be adding to the madness that are those Destiny of X teasers. You know, what if this happens? What if this happens? Is this, are each of these going to be spent? I feel like they introduced those for purpose, you know? Yeah. And, and we have to get this Cerebro in a black hole at some point. It's teased up. It, it, we got the Cerebro helmet, well, Cerebrax coming back. Maybe that's what they do in X-Force, though. Right. Maybe because yeah. of this, they put Cerebro in a black hole. Maybe. It just felt like it was... It's just Maybe it's just teased in this. Yeah, introduced to then use later on. Yeah. One, one comic next week. One comic. You're going to go crazy. No, because then I can read the other comics that I got this week that I haven't been able to read yet. Women of Marvel and Captain Carter. Yeah. Which I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm not I'm not ready for it to be over. I'm really happy we've gone on this crazy Logan journey as a as a group, as a collective. I think that it has been far better than I was expecting and, mm-hmm. and a lot more than 
two Wolverine comics. It's, it's so much more than I thought it was going to be, but I am really excited for the finale. I didn't like that we got two issues of it this week. Like, I felt like I, I wanted it to be paced out more. You yeah. Know? And I know that's not their fault. You know, it was yes. shipping errors. But don't do that again. Don't let it happen again. Well, this week was a lot. We had we had a lot of story. We had some that were not as fantastic, but then we also had two that were pretty amazing. So I thought Sabretooth was still good. Yeah. It's just it issue one set a really high bar. Yes. Agreed on all counts. So until next time, old friend. Charles, stab you in the arms. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 